welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. As a health and fitness entrepreneur, you are probably starting to think about your goals for 2023. If you're not, you probably should be. Well, a lot of other business coaches out there will have you focus on one thing, goal setting for the year to come. This is great, but it won't do much if it's just a pipe dream. There are three main drivers in hard goal setting for your business, and we're gonna talk about these today. Today, I am here with our managing partner, Fit CFO, Sharon Fuller, who has 20 plus years of accounting experience. Sharon and I are excited to bring you this tactful episode of goal setting for 2023 to help you feel in control of the cash flow in your business. This is the Fit CFO Show. Well, hey guys, I am here today with Sharon Fuller, our partner of Fit CFO. I am so excited to bring her on today. We haven't had her on here yet, so welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, it's so nice to be here. I keep watching all the episodes and thinking someday, someday. someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's perfect timing because, you know, we'll get into to what this podcast is about, but essentially it's November right now, beginning of November when we're recording this, probably middle to end of November when you guys are hearing this, but it's such a good time to talk about goal setting um, and I, and I thought just because of Sharon's background is going to be the perfect, uh, episode to talk about goal setting in November. But before we get into that, I want to back up and, um, you know, you have this concentration and forecasting You're we joke about this all the time. Cause I'm kind of like the, I don't even know. It's like a beauty and the beast situation. You're like, <laughs> don't you're talk like, about like that. He's not even on here. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the the total like spreadsheets and numbers and uh you know you, you're so good at that stuff and I am polar opposite I uh that stuff freaks me out I love to be organized but how did you go down the accounting route in life did you always want to be in numbers were they no. did, were you like a math person in school no. like tell me about yourself I dished math all the time. It was so boring. <laughs> I thought, when am I ever going to sit there and think what the square root is of something? I'm not going to be an architect. I'm not going into this terrible. Um, it actually have, I don't know. How. So I, I'm actually doing some, um, this is like therapy. I'm thinking back right now. I used to love balancing my checkbook. Loved it. And if I messed up my ledger, I would, I had all these extra ones and I would redo it because it had to be perfect. And my, my okay, let's I, how old were you when you loved balancing your checkbook? I don't know, like 19. Okay. So, so prior to, and then you know, so when I started out, I started in wherever I started at, I, I always ended up somehow in customer service. And then I ended up in management. And when I was in management, I was always the one organizing and creating spreadsheets. So I guess I just really loved, I've always been very extremely organized in my list every day. I have to make a brand new list because I can't have that. Were you that, 
were you that kid in school who like if you um didn't quite write it you like could not cross it out you like had to maybe like start yeah, over new, new page. New yeah page. You can't do that. <laughs> so and you know and we grew up in the time where there were computers and laptops right. <laughs> and, and it was a typewriter right yeah and, and when we had our printers we had to tear off the sides and there was no fixing oh well typewriter did you have the things. whiteout one though like we had a whiteout typewriter oh my gosh yeah but my parents were I feel like I should edit and this have... part out <laughs> don't anybody people are doing math they're like what's a typewriter oh my right. god they are Google old it. um <laughs> no, it was terrible, right? And so that would that would make me that would make me crazy. But I've always been that person. And then when I finally bought a salon and I had to start doing accounting, yeah. I realized, wow, I've got it. I've got taxes and books and payrolls and employees. And I downloaded QuickBooks and I thought this is fun. So it kind of started there. <gasps> I thought it was fun. I did. I told you guys I'm a weirdo. I actually growing up wanted to be either a psychologist or a lawyer because I love arguing lawyers probably more up my wheelhouse because I'm a better arguer than I am I think a better listener so well, the thing with Sharon is is she I love your attitude like you have this I'm gonna stand on my own two feet I'm gonna tell you what I think about it and I I love that I I'm very much that way as well and we get along well that, that. that is true. I'm not one to be sampled over. In fact, I, I tell, I tell Sean a lot. I'm like, Sean, you're such a nice guy. Don't let me bulldoze you. Cause I'll do it and not intentionally, but I'm Poor like, Sean. Nice. he's surrounded by audacious women. Oh, well, well, that's why he's going to be successful on top of everything. <laughs> he he's, he's successful, not only because of what he does, but because of who he surrounds himself right. with. And yeah. That is a tribute to us right there. <laughs> I love it. So you opened a salon and discovered you loved QuickBooks and the numbers and the accounting side of things. So weird. As I'm doing nails and creating, which is the opposite side, right? Yeah, um, you're, really you have that artistic flair. I did. I used to. I used to do craft stuff and then I got started. Then I just decided I love spreadsheets more. So weird. Let the numbers know. take over. I'm going to get astrological. I'm Gemini. That's the twins where, you know, two yeah. multiple, you know, multiple uh -huh. personalities. So I think that's where it comes in. So I don't know. Very good. Very good. Well, you, I know that when we um, started Fit CFO a couple of years ago, your, uh, your name came super highly to us. And so it was very fitting to, you know, have you become a partner with us. It was, it's just been amazing ever since. So I want to, since we've discovered your background for spreadsheets and numbers and accounting, I want to talk about something that is definitely not talked about a lot in the health and fitness industry. And that's this thing called forecasting. Yes. And so first of all, let's get into it a little bit. Like what exactly is forecasting okay. and why is it important from the perspective of goal setting, because I feel like in this industry, in the health and fitness industry, it's so common to look at an influencer or listen to a social media post or watch a YouTube video, go from zero to 10 million overnight, just like I did. Right. Um, and, and then it's easy for us to set our goals on that kind of a pedestal for our businesses. And then we're disappointed when maybe things don't go the right direction. Right. And so 
let's put some normalcy on goal setting and, and let's start with understanding this idea of forecasting. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to touch one second on that one piece. So a lot of people say, go to this amount overnight. That's great. That's your gross revenue. Maybe you did make $10,000, but what did it cost you? That's what they're not telling you. I brought in 10 million overnight, but it cost me X. It cost me $9,999,000. Or 10.1 million. (laughs) So yeah, we can all make $10 million tomorrow, but it may cost us that much to make it. So that's a lot of things people really don't focus on. That's where these goals and forecasting really is what we call your net revenue. So gross and net, right? So a good way to remember this is it's really gross how much I'm supposed to take home, but what I get after it falls through the net. So gross is the money that is gross is the dollar amount. Like if you're a W2 employee, I make 60 grand a year. Um, but I, in my bank account, I only really get 40, um, as a business falls through the net. Yeah. As a business owner, I'm bringing in a hundred grand a month, but after I pay my employees, pay everything, whatever, I've only got $10 left. So when it comes to businesses, while that number is great, that $10 is what matters. And that's where forecasting really comes into play. So I forecast everything. Fit's got a yeah. forecast. Other companies might have a forecast. I personally, as a household, have a forecast because I need to know. So what for I don't even know how people do it. I would, I would be so I would have anxiety not knowing where I'm going to be in the next month or or whatnot. But the forecast is really going to help you set those goals, right? If you say I've got ten thousand dollars in the bank account now, great. And every month, my burn, your burn is your general monthly expenses, usually recurring. You know they're going to happen. Every month, I burn $5,000. That means at the end of the month, I have $5,000 left. So you can kind of put that down. And you know with that $10,000, your burn's five. You can go two months. I go two months and I'm out of business if I get it, don't get any more. Yeah. So you can really set your revenue goals. And, and then so, if let's, you set goals, so let's pause there for a second because... Uh-huh you see it coming in that, in that manner. Like, like you're not, you're not like, oh shit, I have to go back to work. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, ahead of time, if something is going to work or not, and it allows you the time and opportunity to redirect if needed. Exactly. I mean, and we've done it with fit a couple of times, right? This has been an extreme year of growth because of, you know, our partnership and us taking it in a different direction. And we've played with different things and we're like, we're going to do this. And then we forecasted it and we saw how it laid out. We're like, Ooh, that doesn't work. We got to stop. We're going to be out of business. Yeah. So then we adjusted a realigned set new goals. And we're like, okay, yeah. now this is good. And we're on the right trajectory. But without that, how would we have known? How would well, we and I see known? how you're saying the anxiety comes into play because like, what if you're right up to the edge? Like crap, yeah. we have one month, maybe two, you know, I mean, that's, that's not a very quick time to turn things around or redirect. Well, and in a business sense, when you get to that point, you're then making reactive decisions. And mm. if you are in your business only making reactive decisions, you are going to fail. Your right. decisions when you're a business owner need to be proactive and predetermined and yes. reactive yeah, is you're not going to, you're going to fail. So you have to get out of that. Yep. We just talked about this on a previous episode, Sean and I, about making emotional decisions. You know, how comforting would it be? How much more comforting would it be 
if you went to, you know, a, a business conference and the uh, mentor or the, I guess, sales pitch for a product that you wanted to buy into, let's say is $30,000. Let's say you already know that you can do that. You don't have to be like, hmm, is this going to put me out of business in three months? Or do I have to put this on a credit card? Or yeah. do I have to take out, you know, a second mortgage for this eventually? Like, no, you know, ahead of time, whether or not you're going to be able to, to buy into something like that. Absolutely. And you've probably already forecasted out your ROI or return on investment. If I put this in, how long before I start recouping or seeing the benefits in the revenue from this decision I've made? And there are so many tools out there that can help you with this, or you could hire us and we do that and give, you know, hand, hand, spoon feed you yeah. all the, the data. But yeah, it's extremely important to, to know these things. So you don't make it reactive. You go in and yeah. you're like, this is awesome. Look what I bought. And then you get home and you've got buyer's remorse, but guess what? Yeah. There's no anxiety wrapped around it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, like you said, not having buyer's remorse, man, there, there's nothing that can replace that feeling of I'm good. I got this. Yeah. It's fine. Confidence. Yeah. They read that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and we talk about outsourcing, you know, if if that's not something you're confident in, like me, for example, I, I, I'm very artistic. You know, I, I love putting out podcasts. I love creating content. I completely get where the health and fitness entrepreneur is coming from. I am a build the plane while we're flying it kind of person. That is me. And I know that you're not that way, which is great. It makes us a good team. I'm not done reading the manual yet. (laughs) Right, right. And so that makes us a good team. But that means that I need to outsource what I am probably going to screw up, which would definitely be the financial piece in business, right? So let's let's put this into action. I'm such a big person on, on action taking, like this forecasting and the spreadsheets and the numbers, it all sounds great in theory, but how do we actually implement this? So let's say that um, we have our data. So I think November is a really good time to be talking about this because we have data from the whole year so far. And especially if you're working with a company like FitCFO, we've literally hand fed that to you. Um, so we have these numbers, we have these, um, you know, profit loss statements in our hand. What do we do with that information? How do we start to put this picture together to start goal setting for next, for next year? I always tell people start with a budget set, but start with that budget. What is your budget going to be? And honestly, forecasting is really just your budget and then the ongoing cash of where it lays out, right? And that's usually the easiest part. And especially for our, our clients, all of them are in QuickBooks. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, there is a budgeting tool in there and you can create it. You can look at your profit and loss. You can see where it's going to hit. Once you create that, you know what you're going to spend and where you're going to be, then you can look and then you can start creating revenue goals and, and such. Um, really, like I said, there are so many tools and softwares out, platforms out there that you can that read into QuickBooks and do this for you if you if you're so inclined. Um, otherwise, like I said, QuickBooks will really help you from there, and you know we can jump in and help if needed. But say I would say it's not like somebody like myself would be able to go into Excel and create a forecasting spreadsheet. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't even have a clue what the heck I was doing. So 
Oh no, man, this is something I should, should I give my template? Should I share my easy forecasting for dummies? Um, and I, I created it. So I'm a dummy, but I really created it for a lot of my clients in the past were like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to manage it. And so I'm like, here, it's so simple. Um, maybe I can definitely share that and we could share that with listeners. Yeah, I could definitely put that in the, uh, link that in the show notes for, for our listeners. I think that would be fantastic. So I know, um, early on in my entrepreneurial journey, I'm pretty proud of myself for saying that word just now, by the way, (laughs) um, the word budget always freaked me out a little bit. Right. And I, and I feel like I'm not alone when I say this. So what if you're not a budgety person? Like, what do you, what can we break that down to instead of like, um, spending X amount on this and spending X amount on this. Or what if I get to the point where maybe I went over budget? Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could always call it your spending guidelines if that makes you feel better. <laughs> I feel like as a like personally, you know, we all know how much money we have and we don't spend more than it's in our bank account. But when you have a business and you've got, especially if you have a team, I think it's kind of inevitable. You have to have it. You've got other people's livelihoods on, on hand. And it's just one of those grown up things we have to go. All right. I'm responsible for other people. I've got to actually, I've got to do these things now when it's just you, it's a different story, but you know, how successful do you want to be? Do you want it to just be you? Do you want it to just be whatever? I've got this money in my bank account. So that's what I can spend. Again, you're going to end up making reactive decisions. Well, and and how do you know, like, how do you know what things you have coming out? Maybe you have an annual subscription that you're not accounting for. Maybe you have, you know, certain other costs or things that you've already allocated that you're not really remembering when you just go in and look at your bank account. So definitely. That's where a set of books really helps, right? Because then we pull out your P&L for the entire year and we're like, hey, last year you brought in this much revenue and you spent this much on marketing and that's this much percentage. So what's your revenue going to be this next year? Would you like to spend more on marketing? Great. Let's up it by this amount and then do more of a percentage maybe. Sure. That's honestly how I do budgeting is I find out end of year, what was my percentage guideline, kind of look in and say, okay, that's not happening again, or, oh, that's happening. And then I do some increases, decreases, set myself just kind of a general. And then I don't, I don't do this every month. I kind of just flat across the date. And I think, and I like how you set a kind of almost a general rule. So you have kind of guardrails in place, Mm -hmm. but then um, I like how you said that that's, that's a general starting position. It's a general guideline, general rule, but it is okay if it, if it changes or fluctuates throughout the year. But then too, if you do this year after year, you're going to have that nailed down to a T on what things are, what things aren't like, you're not going to have a clue if you're just flying by the seat of your pants year after year. Well, especially if you're in year one or two of business, it's really hard. You're budgeting kind of blindly. You don't know you haven't hit. And as you hit each higher revenue milestones, you come across things you didn't know were going to happen. So honestly, the first three years of business are a lot of you know, shoot from the hip and you want to be as prepared as possible. And then as you start and get in years four, five, six, you're really more in tune and involved and you've been there and you've hit a lot of these milestones and you can be a little bit more structured. Fortunately for us on this end, I, you know, I had an accounting for before and I've done all of this before. So I'm like, wait, we're hitting this point. I know what we're going to need. I can tell yeah. ahead of time, but that's just, you know, like I said, just pure experience from doing it prior and knowing 
that I didn't have this the first time and I wasn't aware the first time. So I made those stupid reactive decisions, which put us in a different spot. Yep, absolutely. And then two, you kind of know, and when one thing I know, like when I had my, um, my financial firm is we, you know, I did it for 12 years. So I I did it for long enough to know when I was going to have seasons of, you know, influx or downturn, or, you know, you just kind of started to be able to know, okay, I know January, February, March, we aren't going to have the highest of sales, right? Like, People aren't buying as many vehicles, but then March, April, May, June, people are getting their tax returns, tax returns. starting to buy vehicles. Like, you know, we, Christmas is paid off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. We just started, you could just kind of see this trend year over year and you could start to forecast for that. Yeah. Um, so that always kind of made things a little bit easier. And so let's talk about, again, going back to scaling your business, all of the marketing words, scale your business overnight, go to zero to 10,000 in three days, you know, those kinds of, of languages. Yes. Let's talk about the realism, the realisticness of this. So let's say again, how we talked about, okay, that's great, but did it cost you 11,000 to scale your business by Mm $10,000? Right. And what is it really going to be costing you? So what if, so let's talk about how it's good to have this huge audacious goal, right? But let's put that into reality. So where do you want to take your business and how do we check to make sure it's realistic? Yes. So I think the first thing you really have to do is ask what you want. What do you want, Mm -hmm. right? How far do you want to be? What are your dreams and aspirations? And if you don't have the answer to that, then stop what you're doing right now and figure it out because that changes everything. You'll get people that say, I want to be extremely successful, but I want to do it on my own with no team. Well, yeah. that's going to, that's going to limit, you know, what you can do, how you can do it. And there's just, there's so many things there, but if you say like for us, we need a team yeah. um, and everything we do is really, is really surrounded about that. So I, I think you really have to know what you want personally to be able to then define your business and the revenue is the revenue is great like hey I want to have in my pocket ten thousand dollars every month great that's a goal that's a goal I want to do this by working 10 hours a week that's another goal it's a measurable goal and then you can you can you know whittle down into that but you really have to set up I think with your goals and where you're going to take your business you almost have to have kind of KPIs for yourself things that are measurable not yeah. just like oh I'd like to be successful well define yes. define yes. and I feel like you hit it on the head I feel like it's oftentimes this big, almost like flamboyant number. Like I want to have success in my own plane and I want to buy an Island and, you know, all these- yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and no, I mean, I personally don't really want to No, but- <laughs> mo money, mo problems. I mean, we've heard it. We've right, heard it yeah. Video. Um, yeah, you really, everything that you, whatever you say, whatever your goals are, I feel like they need to be measurable. They need to be yeah. measurable. They need to be quantifiable. You need to be able to say, I want this but to get there, I want to, I want ABC. And then you can, then you can set yourself. If I'm like, I'm only working 10 hours a week. Okay. Well then maybe I'm not going to, it's going to take me longer to get to 10 grand a month. Maybe I'm going to start with five, mm-hmm. um, but, it, or maybe I need to work 20 hours a week to get to that spot. Right. Um, but at least you've got your goal. I want to get to 10 and 10, yeah. 10, 10, well, and, 10, and, 10, and is it, 10, 10, 10 and is it realistic? Like, 
I think too, like, are we doing the demographic research? Like, is it, is it really realistic? Like if you want to make X amount of money and you have X amount of time, say that you have kids at home, say that you have, you know, other things that need to get done in your life. Is it really realistic for you to achieve that goal? You know, if you're younger, say you live in mom and dad's basement, say that you don't have a mortgage, like you can invest more of your earned dollars back in, you can reinvest, but are you going to want to do that 10 years in? No, probably not. No. And when it comes to business, it's one of two things coming into it, time or money. Either one, you've got all the money and you're going to throw all the money at it in marketing and social media and get it out there. Or two, it's going to be super organic and you're going to invest all your time to grow it. So one yeah. way or that money or time. So you're, you're putting in and that's where you have to decide. And yeah, if you want to get to this super high level, it's going to take longer. Yeah. And that's where you just, that's where I said, you just have to, you have to have goals to where if you write them down, you can look and go, okay, that was unreasonable. Let me adjust this goal yeah. or somebody else. Maybe you have a mentor is going to go, you are that's great, but maybe by, maybe this is just not attainable and you're setting yourself up for failure and, you know, helping you re have more attainable goals. But I think that's another thing, writing down something measurable, making sure those goals are attainable. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, just to kind of go back on your social media point there, it's like, things are different, a little bit different now, especially, you know, in this industry, when this whole industry blew up, I would say 2013, 2014, even 15, 16, a little bit, like you could make one post and have tons of eyes on you and grow your social media following by thousands and thousands. And that's how oh, I got influence. Yeah. And that's how influencers grew and they grew and they grew and they built a great audience and that's great. And now they're trying to teach you how to do it. Well, it's not the same as when they did it. Right. No. And Unless you're lucky and something goes viral, but that's honestly because you right. fell or something, yeah. you know, went into something. <laughs> right. Or if you are showing how you bake bread only, right. Or like <laughs> something very, so super specific, like that's, that's really the I'm going to make slime in the right. whole world. <laughs> Exactly. But it's, it really, so you, you know, changing with the times and understanding that, um, you know, your marketing efforts, if you spend an hour to try to create one post and you put it out there for the world to see, and you laid it all out there and you put your heart on the line, it's going to be crickets. So yeah. making sure you're allocating dollars for, for marketing, but knowing that that can't be where all of your dollars are going. And no. so that kind of brings me down this, what you were talking with KPIs and certain metrics and measures, what are, um, you know, some of the biggest KPIs. And I know that we've, we've talked about them on the podcast before, but from a forecasting standpoint, what are some of those KPIs that are the biggest ones that we need to be watching out for? Definitely your, your bottom line, your, your, your net income. What's that revenue? Like everybody, especially in this, we don't have a lot of overhead. If you aren't netting at least 30%, of what you're making, you something's wrong. You should, especially in the beginning. And honestly, in this, in the fitness industry, you should be closer to like 60, 70. Yeah. Um, because you, yeah, because it's not like you have, I mean, unless you have like a, a product gym, that you're building, right? Or product. But yeah, so if you are online only, you have, you know, maybe your internet, you have a couple of other things. Maybe you have coaches, some coaches or yeah, maybe a VA or something. But yeah, your overhead is very minimal. And so, if you're reinvesting every dollar back into 
um, you know, mentorship programs or um, certifications or, you know, X, Y, Z, you're not leaving any future dollars for the growth of your business in the future. No, you gotta, you gotta kind of put that up. So that's where I would say like, Hey, my goal is again, I would set numbers, something measurable. This is, I need to get my net, which is the money I put in my pocket at this percent. Um, and then from there, you could decide, do I just need, do I need to increase my revenue or do I need to cut expenses? Where do I cut expenses? What am I getting value from? So just having that one little number allows you to make some of those maybe more emotional decisions, but some yeah. decisions above the line, just having that one stupid, and I use the word stupid because I know that not everybody's financial are like, uh, but say you say 35%. So which means if I made $10,000, I should have $3,500 in my pocket at the end of the month. That means no more than 6,500 should have went to running my business, paying for everything. And that's a really good KPI because from there you could say, but I want more money. Okay, well, let's look at our expenses first. And now how do we grow our revenue? Um, and then while you're growing your revenue, we always want to keep that that number at 35 or 35%. So you could still, they could keep increasing, but that is at least never getting below there. So yeah. as long as it's something that's measurable, um, I, uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm going around in circles, but I would say that would be my number one thing that I would tell people set that net revenue and yeah. And make sure I love that and make sure it's measurable because I feel like too, like, especially in this industry, we have months that are anomalies, right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, so just for example, let's say that you have been, um, nutrition coaching, we'll use nutri uh, nutrition coaching. Cause I feel like that's probably the most volatile space as far as revenue production. So let's say that you have uh, a campaign or something of that sort where you've been building your audience for two years, right? You've been um, working another job. You've been side hustling this. You really haven't been asking much. You've been kind of taking clients as they go. Well, now all of a sudden you're like, cool, I'm going to go full time. Well, then you have this big influx of clients. And so maybe you had like a $50,000 a month or something, something large, well, that's, that's an anomaly month. And so putting that into your forecasting data to try to create goals for the next month, I feel like would be an unrealistic data point. What it, it absolutely might. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what would your take be on that as far as how would you utilize, I guess, some of that revenue to forecast for the future as well? Well, that would uh, definitely just be cash and bank, right? So that would be... Uh, it would really, so I would need to know, is this, is this recurring revenue? Is this one-time revenue? I mean, yeah. we all want to have recurring fixed fee revenue. That's where it is. That's what they told yeah. us. But if it's a one-time thing, then yeah, I mean, you're going to have those, you're going to have those roller coasters and I like to average it out. Just yeah. my average for the year, I want to be here. I like to keep okay, it. So you're going to just average, you're just going to average that out over like a 12 month period. So me, no, but if I'm talking to the end user, to, to the people here that are doing this on their own, and probably this stuff scares the crap out of them, I'm going to average it. I'm going to tell okay. you, if you want to make 120 grand next year, set a goal of 10 K a month. If you're eight, one K 12, another great, you're averaging 10 grand a month and then mm -hmm. work off that average. And it's just going to be less complicated and stressful. Yep. Yep. So I love it. So just to kind of reiterate when goal setting for the following year, obviously start early, go yeah. off of your previous data, because I think that's going to be important, right? This industry, we don't know. I mean, I think, I think in the gym space, 
um, the recurring revenue is going to be a little bit more predictable than in the online nutrition coaching space, because, you know, you, I would say 18 months is a long time for an online nutrition coach to have a client consistently stay on. Okay. Good I think know. I would say that's a very long time. I would say six that's months, probably more average. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think in the gym space, it's a little bit longer. So it's going to be hard to, it's hard to be predictable because yeah, you're going to have some recurring clients, but for the most part, you're talking new clients every single month, every single turnover. Right. And so having, um, having previous numbers, having measurable data. Yeah. Measurable goals. Yeah. Measure measurable goals, which I think is, is huge too, when it comes, comes to forecasting and you have a forecasting Excel sheet that you're going to give us to put into. Yeah. It's like fill in the blank and like add some things in it'll pop some numbers out for you. So it's pretty simple. (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. I can't wait. I'm going to put that in the, in the show notes so that we can link that and they can get a copy of that because I think we have a lot of do-it-yourselfers. I, when it comes to anything financy on uh, my businesses, I was not the do-it-yourselfer, but that goes back to, um, you know, are you willing to time or money? Which one do you want? You want yeah. the time or you want the money? Yeah, so, I agree. I'm the same way with like the whole marketing. I'm like, nope, I'll pay somebody because I don't want, I'm too black and white. I'm too analytical. I'm too... Yeah, I can't, I I one spot or another and I can't step away. (laughs) Well, and with, and with certain aspects of, of the job, I mean, like marketing, for example, like you've got to be doing the next best thing yesterday, right? Like you can't be overthinking what we should have been doing yesterday. You've got to have it out already. So (laughs) yeah. So yeah. So it just shows to outsource what you can. So then with this, um, fill in the blank Excel sheet that you have. Is this something that let's say that they're on do it yourself or QuickBooks. Is this something they can take those numbers and put that data into this Excel sheet then? They're more really going to use their, um, their profit and loss statement, which is their expenses. And they're going to see what their expenses are and they're going to put it in. And then if they have recurring expenses, so say they have, um, say they have a zoom every month, they're going to make sure that hits. I've got it sitting there every month. So I can see that that's coming in. And, you know, so you, you, I mean, it's, it's a little bit manual for the, the entry, but the numbers spit out for you. It's like the the forecasting spits out, but yeah, it'll, it, you put in all your little expenses, what you know is recurring. And then if something happens during the month that you're like, this is a one-time you punch that in under one time. So that way you could see where your cash forecast is looking. So you can look at like June of next year and say, okay, if I hit all my revenue and my expenses don't change June of next year, I'm gonna have this much money. Oh crap. I forgot in April, I have to pay taxes. They're going to be X. Okay. Now I need more money. You can just punch so, that in real quick and see that adjustment then. Yes. Nice. And I do ours every Monday, every Monday. I I update, I put in anything. I add in any exemption or any exception. I add anything coming through um, revenue we did or didn't hit. And then it pushes out and that's, I try to do that right away. So I can be like, Hey, we need a meeting or Hey guys, we can all go to, you know, Bermuda this week, which (laughs) I haven't seen that trip yet. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't said, I haven't sent that email yet. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So perfect. So this is great. So in order for really this forecasting to work, it's really important to 
have an understanding where you're at, yes. create measurable goals and yes. have some kind of a budget, general budget laid out. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be perfect to the T every single yeah. month. You can adjust it as you go along, but having this information is going to give you a heads up ahead of time, whether or not there's going to be a problem with the goals that you have set out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you're getting ahead of it three months before instead of three days and, you know, about to lose everything. Yeah. So I love it. And then you can always adjust as you go or mm -hmm. say, Hey, you know, the sales aren't going as well as we thought. So maybe expenses need to come down this way, um, in order to prepare for not being as far ahead as we wanted, or hopefully the other direction, our sales are a lot higher than we expected. And so then we have a lot more profits left over. Yeah, yeah very good. And then you can take that 30 grand. To that and then, whatever and then we can go to Bermuda. Like we said. Or Bermuda. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like we're very all going good. to Bermuda now. It's the first thing that came out. It's, it's because of the Beach Boys. I don't know. It's that song's embedded Kokomo in my head. Oh, I love it. Bermuda, I love it. Bahama. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was great. I think that, um, you know, this is a lot of great information for this audience to take. And then I'm definitely happy to put the spreadsheet in our show notes for them to take home as well. So awesome. thank you, Sharon, so much for your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.